Bringing voices that rise above the rumors, complicating the narrative. A podcast from youth shattering myths about loss and trauma in violence-riddled neighborhoods. So I got a piece, it's not new. I had worked on it while I was incarcerated. Uh, I was involved in uh, Stop the Violence piece. Uh, it's called In Truth. Lyrically, fiercely speaking these words as they pass through my throat, they hurt. Letting the truth escape my mouth to be lied to is a curse. I'm giving you a chance at life. I promise you I won't choke as I stroke. These pins across my pad, I get angry and sad. This world is just sad. Kids are killing kids and babies just had. Violence and death right now is at an all-time high. Genocide is the word that our ancestors will cry. Most sit on the sideline while watching destruction pass by. Not lifting a single finger, hoping it all turns out all right. But see, don't get me wrong, no single person is responsible. Humans as a whole have somehow managed the impossible. Derailing so fast that all seems unstoppable, but that just isn't plausible. So let's stop the violence and give ourselves a chance. You know better, you do better, so reach and teach who you can. These are the words of wisdom I give to you to become a better person. With that, my hands go up to all the death and the violence. Thanks for listening. Let's have a moment of silence. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Complicating the Narrative. The piece you just heard was from Jamel Smalley, also known as Black Science, from our Amon Circle. I'm Mariah, no Carrie. And I am Todd EAT, and we are back again with another episode. So that was a wonderful piece that we just heard from Jamel. But how we learned about Jamel's story is from his story, published on the Contextos YouTube channel. So we have a couple of questions for you, Jamel. Do you mind answering? I'm indulging, please. Shoot. Uh, so I, I was listening to your piece and you mentioned um, the great escape. So can you talk more about your great escape? Like how did you feel at that moment? Okay, so the great escape was referring to like when I left uh, post-graduation, right? Yes. Um, I was afraid, like it was a lot going on. I mean, at, at the end of it all, I was still a child, you know what I mean? Um, and I was running out into the world unbeknown what, you know what I'm saying, was out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm from Chicago, I'm from the hood, you know what I mean? But I'm not in the streets, you see what I'm saying? So like, shit that be going on, sometimes I'll be oblivious to, you know what I mean? And in that, that just elevate the risk factor, you know what I mean? Cause now I'm crossing into other people's neighborhoods or you know what I'm saying, I'm just out and about really what they call it, loafing, or you know what I'm saying, lacking, however you want to term, uh, describe it. But like, also it was, a, it was a sense of relief, you know what I mean? Cause I, ain't ha- I also didn't have to continue living in a certain type of fear inside my household. Like, was it like a growth feeling? Like, oh, I have to like, you know, like, like I've grown up, if that makes sense? Nope, it wasn't. It was, it was a purely emotional decision. Uh, 
in that, I guess I can, if I wanted to like push it on to it being an adult move in the sense of like, all right, I got to man up and, 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 say enough is enough then yeah but ultimately I, I i feel like it was a it was more so an emotional move you know what i mean i ain't like the way i was being treated at the house uh and shit i wanted to leave so i left so i was listening to your story and i'm not gonna lie i almost cried i was like in here like dead so I, i'll cry when i say when i tell it but i've been getting better at it mm-hmm. so uh rolling into that was it difficult sitting down and actually writing your story out and was it hard for you to do? Uh, the very first part was very hard because uh, I think right around that time, I, I was in prison when I wrote it, but right around that time was, I, I quit. I'm sorry, this cat is bothering right. me. <laughs> uh, but like, the very first part was hard because like some of the stuff in the, I hadn't talked about in years, years and years. since so like, it happened, you know what I mean? Especially like, the molestation and stuff like that. So like putting it on paper and then I was also in, in, a, in a similar environment that I found myself in now, you know what I'm saying? At the Iman Green Reentry Program where like I'm in this authentic space where I can show some type of vulnerability, you know what I mean? Without necessarily being judged. Uh, not so much that I care, you know what I'm saying? Cause I had came, long came to I had long came to the fact that, you know what I'm saying, people gonna judge you throughout your life. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's what you, how you respond to it. And, and a lot of times I choose not to respond at all. Um, but after the first chapter, you know, it became a relief, you know what I'm saying? I was able to like, finally, it was more like a journey, you know what I mean? I was able to finally like express, it. even if I wasn't expressing it to nobody else off back, I can go back and reread it and like, it, it lifted a little bit of that pain, just a little bit. And then when I started sharing it with other people, it lifted a little more, you know what I'm saying? And like, I don't know, it's still times where like, I have conversations with people and, you know, on the outside, they would never, never fathom like that I've been in prison or that I was molested or that I was adopted, you know what I'm saying? And like, all that's cool. I mean, I don't try and not show it, you know what I mean? If anybody asks, I try and be as honest as possible. Uh, but I get, you know, life is life. Everybody go through their trials and errors, you know what I mean? And I think that's where the resilient piece come in at. Um, like, I may, it depends on people's perspective. I may have had it worse or, or not worse than others, but like, at the end, it was a hard not life, you know what I mean? And it's getting better. That's true. Here with us today, we also have Johnny Page. Johnny, you and Lisa facilitated the Amon's Arthur Circle. Tell us about it. Oh, man, it's, it, it was a different type of circle, um, particularly because, again, um, traditionally we run through circle. There's a period of time that we, you know, we start with our writing and drafting phase and we go through this whole thing about buying and get, and getting to know the authors and having that whole um, in-person relationship building experience as we go through the um, the process, um, because like one of the first one of the first things that we talk about is like being safe in a space. Um, and then we we met for one we met one session and all that was uprooted because we went directly from being in one space to possibly not meeting at all to then being let's figure out Zoom. Most of most of us at the time didn't even know what Zoom was, right? 
Um, and so it was this process of learning as a group, as a unit, us as facilitators, how to facilitate during this particular, um, during the pandemic, because everyone was um, quarantined or um, everyone had to stay in their houses, right? So because we were, we were in that initial phase of what I forget what was it called the um, uh, shelter in place, right? Mm -hmm. So we were in that we were in that initial phase of shelter in place. This was in the very beginning of of, of the you know the COVID pandemic in um, in this country, and so we you know we we figured out it was a rough spot, and so we started to get a rhythm. We started to get a rhythm. It was strong. It was I mean it was it was um, it was difficult because again. Staring at a computer screen all day, um, and then for for some, shelter in place wasn't really an option, right? So people had mm -hmm. to live how they had lived. They could they didn't really have any place to be sheltered in place for long periods of time, and so uh, with all those challenges, uh, revamping how we thought about off the circle, we were able to sort of establish these these relationships online, and then we were told that you know restrictions were being lifted and we can meet again in person and so we had to figure out like how what is the safest way to meet in person um now we're coming in we have you know it's thermometer checks there's face masks there's hand sanitizer there's clorox wipes right so we have to go through this whole process of one finding a space that allowed us to allow us to properly socially distance but then also to get into the feel of what author author circle traditionally is right mm -hmm. so being in that space um in a way brought us back to that traditional in person as a unit growing together but things then got got a little complicated again because again we're in this space and you can't you can sometimes you can hear folks sometimes you can't you got the mask on um you want to make sure that you know you know the paranoia or what i call covid anxiety was you know heavy in the room in a lot of in a lot of at a, at, a, at a lot of times right so oftentimes that COVID anxiety sort of hang, hung over the room and so that created a different type of author circle experience but nevertheless we 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 sort of like made a way out of it and because traditionally we write the entire circle we had to think about another way because we didn't have the opportunity to write the entire circle. Most of our online presence was like responding. We didn't, we didn't have the readings that we were traditionally used to reading. We had, so an online presence was about quotes because one, you can't keep, it's hard to keep someone's attention for two hours online, right? So what we had to do is we had to find a quick way to sort of still have that engagement, but also to spark interest. And so we were, we focused a lot on quotes um, and, and, and and discussion around quotes and what quotes that connected to our lives and to our experience during COVID. And now outside of that, we're back, we're, we're, we're back in this spot. And now we have the situation where we're attempting to, you know, go back to the essence of what we do. And it was, so, again, it was sort of challenging. It was difficult, but we managed, right? And instead of saying, okay, let's focus, we, we, we leave, we, we can't focus on quotes. We're not going to focus primarily on reading. So let's have some sort of hybrid of this, right? So let's, let's create a discussion-based um, space. Let's, um, let's create questions for one another. And, in, 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 and let's record ourselves versus, 
you know, writing these pieces out. So now let's, since technology was thrust upon us, let's utilize technology to take Arthur Circle to the next level. And so um, our colleagues, our colleagues Dimitri and Dr. Moore were doing something called Dear Chicago um, with Chicago Public School students. And uh, after watching the Dear Chicago Public School student project, we thought for a culminating event for Iman, we thought it would be dope if we can have something that was similar to that, but told the story of Chicago from the perspective of, 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 of these men in this program. And so Dear Chicago um, was sort of one of the things that we thought about when we, when we, when we, we went down this road to Dear Chicago Iman, right? So as we moved to, we transitioned into, into Dear Chicago, Men of Iman Speaks, we sort of like took what was what we what we learned from Dear Chicago with CPS and then Dear Chicago Love Letters, which was another Dear Chicago program that we did. So we took this theme of Dear Chicago, thinking about the city and how to respond to it in different ways uh, and how folks were responding to it in different ways during COVID. And we just took that and we sort of um, created an opportunity and space for the men of Iman to sort of have that, uh, to talk about the city in a way that they don't often get a chance to talk about it. Um, is there some place that the audience can find these pieces? Yes, YouTube, um, YouTube, if you, social all context those social media right so if you if you just go on the context those site you can find links to it whether it be our youtube instagram facebook but context those chicago you can find a link to actually see the video so jamel how was the amon arthur circle for you it was new uh because i did have any real expectations for real it was my first time in the space i did feel like i was going to be doing more writing uh that was my only expectation uh of course given the covid pandemic and stuff like that uh, we definitely had to take a different view a different outlook on how we was going to be able to bring our stories to life uh for me it was a bit challenging um one because like i don't know the camera, I don't, I don't say like the camera ain't funny, but it's like I don't like picking up the camera or getting behind the camera and like that. So like I prefer writing. And so when it came to like gathering, you know, video footage and stuff like that, I was kind of behind the ball. Um, and overall, as what the circle brought, I appreciated it. It gave me a chance. It gave me a space to like as they say, complicate the narrative. It gave me a chance to, you know, put my narrative out there. You know what I mean? Because it's my story. Can't nobody tell it like me. Nobody know it like me. Uh, and it also gave me, like, you know, my peers. It let me know, like, other people needed to hear my story. Other people had similar stories. Um, it showed that, like, the outer shells uh, that people often see is not all that meets the eye. Um, a lot of vulnerability in the space, which I appreciate. Because I'm always trying to, I will, I'm always vulnerable. Or not always, but I try to be, you know, open. Because that allow other people, you know what I'm saying? If you allow other people in, 
that's how you you know you create bonds, you create you know friendships, you create networks, uh, and all those things lead to you know building your community, uh, building you know your social skills, your social networking, your your whatever it is you want to do in life, you're gonna need help. And so like to see other people in that same space in that same field was good. So in what way did the Mind Circle aid in your in showing your resilience throughout the pandemic? Building the community and resilience kind of tie hand in hand because like outside of just the author circle, uh Iman had us, you know, doing corner store campaigns and, you know, um town hall meetings and things of those natures where like we discussed on bringing community together, but at the same token, we still had to, the barriers of, you know, the Zoom and, and not being able to, you know, socialize and gather as we normally would to come to a common goal. Um, for me on the individual level, uh, I think my resilience showed for sure, for sure, when we got to doing the Zoom calls. Uh, Cause like prior to being incarcerated and stuff like that, I had, done time, uh, did, went to school and things of that nature. So when I came home and went to this program, I was expecting a little more structure than, than, than I received. And I was doing parts of the pandemic. And that showing my resilience on, on, on the regular, on the daily, like to get up and go to class or to get up and, and do the Zooms because we had to do Zooms still as if we were still working, you know, our regular hours inside the space. And like something that Johnny had said, like, keeping your attention, especially when you're in the comfort of your own home and you probably got kids or, you know, your lady or, you know, siblings or whatever the case may be, you know, in the household with you. Uh, it's kind of hard to like be dedicated to getting um, getting on the call, getting on the Zoom call. Well, Johnny, the question goes for you as well. In what way did the Mind Circle aid in your resilience throughout the pandemic? In my resilience, yeah, oh, man. Uh, because it, you know, it, it, it was it was a trying and difficult time, right? Um, because it was new. Um, I got I have a baby in the house, so um, there was a lot going on. So you know, I have I have a baby in the house. I got a young I got young people in the house that are you know actually taking doing school, um, and then now I'm on Zoom, so. It was for at one point it was chaotic, right? It, you know, we had to make we had to find order in the chaos because it was something new for everybody. So everybody's frustrated, everybody's tight because we're in this space, um, and then reaching out and like, okay, who's on the call today? If everybody's gonna get on the call, who's gonna you know? Listen, we're trying to write, gentlemen. Can we get? Can we figure out how we can create a space? that's, you know, conducive to writing because in the beginning we were still trying to the author circle model. So this, so the resiliency came in the modifications, right? And so we talk about resiliency as an individual, but it was also as an organization um, and as a facilitator, I had, you know, I, we had to modify what um, our model was in this environment. And so again, a lot was learned about, you know, what it takes to uh, be a facilitator in a different space, right? Facilitating online is totally different than facilitating in, in actual company of people. And so 
you know, you learn different things. And, and so for me, um, to your question to your, uh, the re about resiliency for me, it was about um, doing or adapting to the circumstances and then what was necessary to to do what we always do is make sure have authors have an opportunity to publish, right? To make sure that authors have an opportunity to celebrate the work that they do. And so to get us to the point where we're at a point where um, we're now able to do that, I think was dope because again, we went from meeting in person to totally online to some sort of hybrid to back in person to back online, right? All that happened in the course of this actual author circle. And, and so, you know, these guys, they're unique in a way because they taught us, they taught us a lot. So we always learn something from each circle. But uh, I think this may be the circle that we've learned the most from because of the experience. We may not have learned, we might, may not have learned the most about their own individual experiences in the context of the traditional memoirs thing, but we mm. get, had an opportunity to live with them through their experience with something challenging, something, you know, when we talk about what is a memoir, um, something that changed you in a significant way, right? So we had an opportunity to live and walk through that with them. So it was a shared experience. So, and back to the resiliency part, what was the lessons learned? The lessons that we learned in this space, uh, it showed that as an organization, um, and then as an as a personal and as an individual as a facilitator, we made it through, and now here we are um, on the verge, on the precipice of this video being you know launched to the world for everyone to have an opportunity to see it. Well, it should be out already. It's out now, but we'll have the actual event tomorrow, so we can have a conversation around what that looks like. So, Jamil, I heard that you have a poetry book coming out. Do you want to talk about that? Let the people know. Scope. I got scope poem book coming out. Um, through context though, it's titled "Thoughts of the Damaged Man, Mind, and Heart." Um, it has fifty poems, all original works by me. Um, really, just you know, ultimately telling my truths as a man, uh, as relationships, you know, the heart, um, and uh, my mental. You know, dealing with the things that I was dealing through. How you know the way. We, what shaped my mental, you know, being in prison, dealing with, you know, adoption, molestation, things of that nature, like, and just dealing with life in general, uh, in Chicago, in the hood, uh, through the pandemic, just life as a whole. Um, people that read it so far, the few people that read some of the pieces, they felt they find it a good read. Uh, His Story, part one through five is also included in there. Um, for those of you who read that, you know, I'm coming. Okay. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to see more, check out Contexto's YouTube. Also go to their social media. Thank you, Johnny, for being thank our... Thank you, everyone. Everyone at that. Thank you, Jamil. Thank you, Johnny. And that's it, folks. Mariah, let's wrap it up. Thank you. I appreciate you, Demetri and Johnny, for uh, extending this opportunity. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um... Yeah, I'm so proud of y'all. So just know that, right? I'm proud of y'all for real. In real life. Thank you. Jamil, any last words? In closing, I mean, I, I, I thank y'all for the opportunity to get to share a little bit about myself. Um, I appreciate the questions that y'all asked. I appreciate that y'all are, you know, allowing people the space and the opportunity 
to speak and share their truth. As y'all say, complicate the narrative. All right. If you want to hear more stories like this one today, please stay tuned for the next episode. I'm Mariah. No, Carrie. And I'm Tosfield, T-A-T. And we're out. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Complicating the Narrative podcast. We hope you like this episode. You can hear more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and your favorite streaming services. Complicating the Narrative is brought to you by Contextos. Contextos uses the power of personal narrative to promote healing and reflection and to foster critical thinking and dialogue to provoke change.